Welcome back to the Suresh Podcast. In the previous episode, we heard about the Diwali festival in Kirtpur, how Sikhs gathered with Guru Hargobin to listen to Gurbani being sung and how they had philosophical discussions. Chapter 43 now starts off again describing how Guru Hargobin would sit in the Divan, the court session with all the Sikhs, listening to Gurbani being sung in Rag, which just by listening purifies the mind and springs forth love of the divine. Guru Hargobin would have discussions with senior Sikhs like Baba Buddha Ji's son Vai Panna, while other Sikhs like Jodhrai would listen in. They would speak about devo- devotional worship, bhakti, wisdom, gyan, detachment, varag, and discerning intellect, babek, about how the Atma, the true self, resides within the formless divine and the entire material world. Many Sikhs would listen in and enshrine the Guru's teachings in their heart. Congregations would continue on like this and the knowledge of the divine, Brahmgyan, would ever increasingly be illuminated in the hearts of the Sikhs. Countless Sikhs were liberated. With the Guru's blessings, they attained a great discerning intellect, Bibek. The autumn season had now passed and winter had arrived. The cold weather spread over the area. Guru Hargobind remained in Kirtpul with, bl- with a blissful and peaceful mind. His glory and fame was spread far and wide that he had defeated the countless Turks in battle and whoever came to fight against him was defeated. He had great love for his grandson, Hararai, always speaking nicely to him and always keeping him close at hand. He never wanted to be separated from Hararai. If he was sitting in his house, he would have Hararai sit beside him. Whenever Guru Hargobin went on horseback, he made sure Hararai was also mounted up and rode alongside him. If Guru Hargobin was ever on a palanquin, Hararai would also sit on there with him. Oftentimes they would go for a stroll along the banks of Satluj River. Sometimes they would climb high up on the mountains. Sometimes they were looking into the caves of the mountains. Wherever Guru Hargobin went, he took with him Hararai. Guru Hargobin would dress Hararai up in beautiful clothing, having all sorts of beautiful jewelry made for him. Guru Hargobin did this all with great love, and the glory of Hararai was now apparent to all. Surajmal, Guru Hargobin's now eldest son after Baba Gurdatta passed away, he would remain, he would stay in Kirtpur a lot in the close proximity of Guru Hargobin, or he could be found at his residence. Teg Bahadur, though, he would only come once in a while to see Guru Hargobind. And out of everyone, Guru Hargobind would give him, Teg Bahadur, the most respect. Teg Bahadur wouldn't speak very much. And he didn't partake in any of the caretaking of the finances or administration of the Guru's house. He was always intoxicated, focusing internally on the divine. And everyone realized that Teg Bahadur didn't really care about anything else. Whether Guru Hargobind was by himself, whether he was with, with a lot of people, it didn't matter. Teg Bahadur would come to see Guru Hargobind after about 20 to 25 days. As he would walk to see Guru Hargobind, he wouldn't look anybody in the eye. He kept his gaze low and walked very slowly and carefully. 
When he entered the court of Guru Hargobind, he would bow down to the feet of the Guru while clasping his hands. Guru Hargobind, looking at his son, realized the profound depth to him and treated him with great respect. Calling him close, Guru Hargobind would lift up one leg from the throne and let Teg Bahadur sit on the throne with him. Teg Bahadur's mother, Matananki, one of the wives of Guru Hargobind, she saw this and she thought in her head, this son of mine, he doesn't know how to do any worldly work. He isn't chit-chatty with anyone. He's not smart. He just walks around by himself or he sits alone in the house. He doesn't meet with any of the masans, the community leaders. He doesn't take care of the finances or administration of the Guru's house. The exalted Baba Gurditta, he knew everything and handled everything in the house of the Guru. And even he didn't get this much respect. But my youngest son is getting all the respect from Guru Hargobind. And when Baba Gurditta passed, Surajmal took care of the affairs. He pleased my husband very much. What can I even say about Anirai? From birth, he's always been just absorbed in an intoxicating focus on the great nature of the divine. But the Guru's great love is also directed at his grandson, Hararai. Every day I see how he treats him with great respect. But why does he treat my son, Teg Bahadur, so much with great respect? I don't understand this. So for many days, this question remained in the mind of Mata Nanaki. And one day, while Guru Hargobind was sitting in his residence with Mata Nanaki in his company, Teg Bahadur came to have the blessed sight, the darshan of the Guru. Guru Hargobind, with great respect, sat Teg Bahadur beside him, holding him by the arm and pulling him close. Teg Bahadur had immense respect for Guru Hargobind. He would always keep his gaze low out of respect. Matananki then saw that this was a good time to ask her husband as no one else was around and she said Oh husband this is the youngest out of all your sons and he is very simple in nature and you have older sons who take care of all the finances and administration taking care of all the affairs and they deserve so much respect as they meet with the community leaders across the subcontinent but this son of mine he doesn't know how to do any of that he just remains by himself in his house and stays very quiet. And yet you give him more respect than anyone else? What is the reason for this? I can't make sense of it. Please bless me so I understand why. Guru Hargobind then responded saying, Oh, you simpleton, how did you come up with that? Teg Bahadur will be such a person with incredible power, but he will conceal it with great fortitude, cemented in his heart. There is no one equivalent to Teg Bahadur in this world. So that is one great virtue why I give him great respect. But another is that he will have an extremely powerful son whose radiance and might will be apparent to all. He will destroy countless enemies. He'll decapitate many enemies and lay waste to the opposing armies. He will spread the name and praise of Guru Nanak far and wide across the world. He will be a great patron of the Deg, the communal kitchen, and the Deg, keeping a martial force and still martial prowess in his Sikhs. So he will take birth in the house of Deg Bahadur. All the great souls and Devdas gods will respect and pray to Deg Bahadur. So for these reasons, I treat Deg Bahadur with great respect and speak sweetly to him.
Listening to this, Matananki was in joy. She bowed down, clasping her hands together, hearing about the virtues and praise of her son and her grandson-to-be, thinking that, yes, my husband says only the truth, and if he says this, it will be true. So Matananki remembered this well, and when Teg Bahadur does give birth to Gobindrai, she is in bliss, remembering the words of her husband. So after this discussion, Guru Teg Bahadur then returns back to his residence after spending around 45 minutes with Guru Hargobind. He bows down to pay respect to Guru Hargobind before leaving and then enters, a, enters his home where he then retires for the night and falls asleep. So this is how chapter 43 concludes. In the next chapter, we'll hear about Bidhi Chand's plan to go visit Sundar Shah Fakir when he realizes that his life is coming to an end. So that's what we'll pick up next time. But as always, we'd like to thank those who are supporting the podcast through the Manglacharan Patreon page. Shut up, Shut up.